and welcome back to it's a podcast kind of life with hope and jiko i am so pumped to have you around thank you so much for tuning in and welcome if you're new here i am hope and jiko and i'm so happy that you're in this family now anyway we're gonna kick off this podcast with you know it words of wisdom baby and today's words of wisdom it is fire anyway let's get to it are you ready here we go greatness is planted in the seedbed of humility it is watered by the deeds of servanthood it's cultivated by the hands of perseverance until it finally yields the harvest of royalty can you just back up and repeat that again Greatness is planted in the seedbed of humility. It is watered by the deeds of servanthood. It's cultivated by the hands of perseverance until it finally yields the harvest of royalty. And these are the words of Chris Valentin. Mm-mm. Y'all, I don't even know what to say to this. This is so profound and so beautiful. I'm just going to leave the room open and allow you guys to just think about it. And then maybe we can talk about it in the next episode. Now, since Mr. Chris Valentin has decided to start us off with quite the brilliant words, we're going to try to keep up with him during this episode. Just kidding. Anyway, today's topic, carrying the baton of faith, it will start us off with Hebrews 12.1. And the word of God says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles that dreaded sin. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, the analogy of running the race marked out for us, it kind of takes me back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Now, beginning from verse 1 of the chapter 9, we see Paul writing to the Corinthians on the need to be a brother's keeper because there are some Corinthians who who are more mature in their faith and so there's this debate, hey, should we eat this food meant for the idols, should we not? And so Paul is here reminding them, yeah, some of you who are mature in faith and know that idols are nothing in the world, but they but that there's only one God, when you eat this food meant for the idols, then you are okay. But when a brother who is weaker in their conscience sees you eating this food, then they might stumble. And so Paul was reminding them, hey, you got to be a brother's keeper. Don't do anything that might lead your brother to stumble. But now heading to verse 24 to 27, we see Paul writing to them about this race that we are in. And the reason that Paul uses this race analogy, it's actually because in Corinth, they used to host these games called the Ismanium, Ismanium, sorry, the Ismanium games 
kind of like the Olympics in our day to day. And so the name Ismanium comes from Ismas, and Ismas is a narrow strip of land that connects two larger masses, and so Corinth was located on an isthmus that connected the northern and the southern Greece, and that is why the name, and that is where the name Ismanium comes from. And so they used to host these games called the Ismanium Games. And just a little history, they used to play games like racing, boxing, and wrestling, singing too, and yeah, can you believe it? People used to compete to sing. It's kind of like America's got talent in our time. And so this is why we probably see Paul using this analogy because the Corinthians would have a very familiar athletic context. And so what does 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 tell us? And it says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, there's a need for you and I to remember that we are in a divine relay. And Paul is here telling us, hey, remember in a race the way there's only one winner? In the ancient times, only the winners received the crown. And there was no silver or bronze for the second and the third person. And so he uses this analogy, hey, remember in a race the way there's only one winner? We are called to run in such a way as to get the prize. And I love that Paul says, they do it to get a crown that will not last. Fun fact, in the ancient times, during the times of Paul, or even way before that, during those games, the winners received wreaths of laurel branches or olive branches or celery. And so these were very perishable things. And especially the laurel wreaths, because this is some things that are intertwined with branches and these leaves and yeah, they're very perishable. And I'm trying to think if it was today, someone goes and wins gold and you dare give that person salary? Oh, that would be a fight, y'all. <laughs> Yo, what is up, Podfam? I hope you're still having a good time. So we're gonna take a break right now. And on this break, we're gonna talk about the song of the week. And today's song of the week is No Doubt About It by With The Kingdom. Go check them out. They are amazing. Literally so amazing. So go check them out. And I'm so excited to see how you like them. And now, without further ado, let's get back to our topic. Welcome back to the topic of today carrying the baton of faith and i just wanted to remind you guys hey remember that you know we're in a race and remember in the race there is the participant and there are the spectators now in the race you're in we as christians 
We are all participants. There are no spectators between us. And in this race, we get to carry the baton of faith to our generation. How amazing is that, that God gives us that responsibility, carrying the baton of faith to our generation. Now, we all know what a baton is, right? It's that kind of pipe thing that is normally passed between runners in a relay. Y'all know it. I'm sure you remember playing it either during sports day in primary school or even high school. And in Hebrews 12, you're reminded that, hey, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, these are people who have already run the race, finished their course, and are cheering for you and I. A witness is someone who has already been part of something. He or she has already witnessed that. And I'm just so happy knowing that, hey, you've got Moses there cheering for us. We've got Paul up there cheering for us. We've got Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus. I mean, we've got the 12 disciples. Y'all, these are pretty sick people. And I'm just so happy knowing, hey, we've got some pretty big people cheering for us up there. And it's important to remember that others have gone before us because if we do forget that others have gone before us, then it is very easy for us to forget that we've got people behind us who are going to come after us. And I'm talking about your little brother, your little sister, your cousin, your friend, your nieces, your nephew, people you're mentoring, people you're working with. And these are people who are going to come after us. And surely it will be unfair that we don't get to pass that baton of faith, yet it has been passed to us. And there might be the question, how has that baton of faith been passed to me? Hey, you know Christ, you're saved. Someone came and preached to you about God, about salvation, and so we need to carry that. We need to carry that faith. We need to carry that to the people who might not know yet. We're not yet saved. And so that is our responsibility. There's no running from this, you guys. It's our responsibility to pass this baton of faith that has been passed to us. And it is for us to pass it faithfully. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, faithfully now. And remember, if the generation that is to come after us, surely if they don't see us setting the pace, you know, um, disciplining our flesh and not conforming to the patterns of the world, where else are they going to get that? Where else are they going to know how to live a godly life? How else are they going to know what to do and what not to do and what steps to take and what path not to walk to? And I'm glad that Paul says, actually, it's not Paul. Paul never wrote the book of Hebrews. And I'm glad that in the book of Hebrews we reminded, hey, this sin that so easily entangles, so we know sin easily entangles. And we're called to make the flesh our slave. You know, the way Paul says, and Paul clearly writes, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. And so that is the same thing we're supposed to do. Make this flesh your slave. Don't let it rule you. Because that is what we're being told the sin that so easily entangles. And remember, we are not only living for ourselves, you guys, but for the generations that are going to come after us, the words of Christian Kane herself. And so we are reminded, since this is a race, we're gonna go through street training. Oh yeah, this is never the easy part, or the fun part to say the least. 
And sure, we are not perfect and we will fall lots and lots of times, but our mistake will be not getting back up. That will be our mistake. And not getting back up means not carrying that button of faith and exchanging it at the exchange zone and doing it faithfully. That is what will happen when we don't get back up. We won't be able to fulfill that. And so I'm happy that we're not running aimlessly because we already know what is set before us. And I'm glad that in Hebrews 12, we're told that we are running in perseverance. Remember Romans 5, 3 to 5, where we know that we glory in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produces endurance and endurance character. And now remember Hebrews 12, we are running in perseverance. And what comes before perseverance is suffering. Now, I believe this might be the strict training that we have to go to that no one enjoys. But hey, we know that that suffering, it will end up producing perseverance. And now we run in perseverance, knowing that that perseverance will produce what? Our character. And that character is what produces hope. And hope never puts us to shame. And this is hope. And this hope that we're talking about is Jesus Christ. And I'm so happy that John 14, 2-3 reminds us the words of Jesus. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that? That I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. I mean now, if that does not make you smile, well, I hope it does make you smile because that is such amazing news. And friend, it's not easy, but it's in the place of need. It's in the place of where we're like, God, I don't even know what this button of faith is. I don't even know where to start. That is where God wants to meet you and I. It's in the point of need. It's in our need. It's in our inadequacy. That is where God meets us. And man, that is a good God, right? And so that is it for me, friends. Hope you're blessed. And until the next episode, carry that baton of faith with confidence.